It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. And then he's going to demand greatness as well. You know, been around Bill Belichick, been around Sean McVay, two, you know, one of the greatest OG head coaches. And then you got the young guy who has a lot of new wrinkles um, to the game. So he's been around it all. He's seen a lot. Um, so I'm excited for him getting his first opportunity. And then you got a new GM as well. So, you know, the, the GM will probably let him do his thing on that football side and just handle his business, you know, upstairs. So I'm excited for Kevin in this opportunity. Like I said, I thought this was probably the best uh, job opening. And there were like seven, eight that were available. I think this Vikings one was the best um, because they're they're ready to succeed right now. Well, I want to thank Darius Bella for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. Up next, we got the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Stay tuned. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One-of-a-kind opinions, big-name guests, the teams you care about every every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show. I'm your host, Ron Johnson. My producer, Sam Ekstrom, is going to join us in a bit. On today's show, I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen the Pat McAfee Show, but it's a guy by the name of Darius Butler. Uh, he's a guy that I got my MBA with. Uh, we were in the process right when the pandemic hit, so New York kicked us out, but we were in the process of getting our MBA for him. So Darius Butler is going to join. He's going to talk a little coach football, a little Vikings coach first football, because Sam Weiss from the NFL Network said, Coach Vikings late in the season, that's a game to watch. So Darius Butler's going to join us a little bit to talk later. And he's going to tell us who's his top 10 cornerbacks in the NFL. Is Patrick Peterson one of them? We'll find out. Also, Twins still on the tear. Four games against the Tigers left. As I said, they can go 4-1. They already knocked one out. See if they can get three more to make my prediction look great. But first, as I bring Sam Extra in. Sam, the Minnesota Vikings have started like a true offseason now. You got the rookies. You got the draft pick set. So the team, I mean, unless there's some some late pickups, because we still know free agency can happen. Everybody mm -hmm. is is secretly tweeting to the Vikings to get J.C. Treader um, on that offensive line. Who knows what happens with that? Who knows how cheap he's willing to go, how great this offense could look. Is he willing to come in and, and be a Quentin Nelson for the Vikings like he is for the Colts and say, hey, let's just go win a Super Bowl real quick. Well, when you look at this Vikings offense, though, one, new look offense, Kirk Cousins has been asked. Was there any tension because between you and Zimmer? And I've talked to coaches about the whole, you like that push, whatever. There was some real animosity there. Kirk Cousins definitely, you know, took his, you like that up to another notch. We saw how he treated the Redskins when they didn't really respect him. And that's where that came from. And then Mike Zimmer, you know, hey, I've heard rumblings that I have won games. The fact that people in the building have said they heard Mike Zimmer say stuff about Kirk Cousins, it's gotten back to Kirk Cousins. Like, there's no way. It's like a high school. There's no way you can say stuff like that around the building and then not get back to the quarterback. And so you could tell there was something behind that. Now, is he a pro? Is he going to admit that? Not right now. 
maybe when he's retired and he's trying to get his own show going or he's jumping on the Pat McAfee show, maybe he'll let the guard down a little bit and tell the world what he thinks. Kirk Cousins doesn't realize he can throw Mike Zimmer under the bus right now and kill headlines. He doesn't have to hold back, but that's that's the Kirk Cousins. He's he's not really that guy. He's not really, you know, an Aaron Rodgers. He's not really a, a Ryan Tannehill. He's not going to say something sensational that's going to sizzle on the grill. Memorial Day's coming up. And so, in my opinion, there definitely was tension. I, I definitely believe there was tension. There was something there. Uh, it was it, it seemed too forced to all of a sudden bring up, oh, we're we're gonna we're gonna have this this new offense, and I'm gonna just leave it at that. No, no, no. There was tension there. But then you hear Kirk Cousins talking about the offense. I've never heard Kirk Cousins really talk about how he dived into the offense, how he was excited about this new offense. Why well, it was never really new. It was always kind of a Zimmer, this is what you're going to do, and Kubiak, you put it together. Clint, you do what your dad did, and let's keep going. Well, when you think about Kirk Cousins in his offense, and I heard him uh, say, you know, flashcards. I'm learning this Rams new look offense. I'm memorizing a lot more now. I heard Kevin O'Connell say, uh, Kellen Ma looked great making checks and practices. So that means Kirk is going to make those checks and practices. I was able to talk to a couple Vikings higher ups and, and they're excited about that because they're like, yeah, I guess Kirk never really could change the offense. And now it sounds like he can. So now we'll see, can he do it? That's the question. It's not the question of if or when it's can he, and if he can, who knows what this office is going to look like because now he can change protection. He can get the play that he wants that he has on his flash card right now. It's like middle school. I mean, he's got flash. My daughter's got flash cards in fifth grade. He's got flash cards. He's remembering these plays. And so I'm excited about that because that is a change. That is different. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Sam? So I think for the Vikings to get to where they want to go, which is a Super Bowl, I think they needed to open up the offense, become more pass-centric, and allow Kirk Cousins – to enable Justin Jefferson to shine, to, to have Adam Thielen shine, and just to have a wicked, awesome passing offense. The question is, does Kirk Cousins have it in him to open up and get that done? Because in 2018, that was the one year we saw where the pass really was prioritized, Mike to Mike Zimmer's chagrin. And Kirk Cousins probably had his most mistake-prone year in 2018, which was also another year where he was learning a new offense from scratch. Um, 2019, 2020, 2021, very similar. Um, he didn't have to learn a whole lot new. It was sort of similar to what he ran in Washington. And now again, he's learning it from scratch. So I think that this needs to happen. It's a necessary change to see if Kirk Cousins can do it. Uh, the question is, can he, can he, um, kind of get out of this cookie cutter system where it was run the ball, run the ball, play action on third down, um, try to get the ball downfield. And I know I'm oversimplifying it, but he wasn't asked to think on his feet as much. And I think part of that was they knew it wasn't necessarily a strength of his. He's not a freelancer. He doesn't like changing plays at the line of scrimmage. He doesn't like having to, to wheel and deal too much because that tends to be when mistakes get made for Kirk Cousins. So can he be comfortable with a nurturing head coach in a little more aggressive style of offense and playmaking? Yeah, and, and so your question to me was, can Kirk Cousins get it done or will this affect him? My answer, short, no. He's had to learn new offenses. Yes, there were some tweaks here and there and there were some changes, 
But it was new. There was a new voice in his headset. There was a new quarterback's coach. Even though his quarterback's coach was Clint and then he moved off as a coordinator, you now still get a new quarterback's coach. And so you're not spending as much time with that quarterback's coach that you liked. Um, Now the head coach, it trickles down. The head coach is the coordinator. So the head coach is going to the other offensive staff members, and he's going to the other uh, quarterback's coach. And he was a quarterback, so he's spending a lot of time with Kirk Cousins. So um, I, I, I premise it like this. When you look at Kirk Cousins, I look at Kirk Cousins. It's not a newborn baby because he's been around. He's a toddler, though. Kirk Cousins is a toddler. Um, and how do you get a toddler to eat properly? You could leave a spoon sitting there with applesauce and kind of coach him up to go get that applesauce. And Sam, you got young kids. Good luck. Let's see what happens. Will it all get in his mouth? Will it end up on the wall? Is it going to the couch? Is it going to be on the carpet? You know, I feel like a Petey Pablo song. You know, is it under the cookie? Is it under the chair? I give you anything. You No, that's a different <laughs> song. Y'all, don't, y'all not ready for that one. But when you think about Kirk Cousins, he's getting spoon fed. Kevin O'Connell and that offensive staff, they're sitting there with a spoon and they're feeding Kirk and Kirk is eating it all Sorry, up. Sorry, could you say that again? My apologies. I couldn't. Sorry, That's definitely staying in the final edit. We're just going to leave that in. <laughs> Siri wants to be involved in this conversation, clearly. <laughs> she heard spoon fed Kirk Cousins. She's like, I'm in. But he wants <laughs> to be spoon fed. Kirk Cousins wants to be spoon fed. He wants to make sure he's doing everything right because he's a perfectionist. Perfectionist even though they like to be perfect, they still like to be told that was a good job. You're perfect. I remember that. I remember being a young receiver one time. I'll never forget this. I was a young receiver with the Baltimore Ravens. I think it was my second, no, my third year. It was my third year. Deion Sanders was on the team. We were in preseason playing like the Giants. And honestly, I'm not going to lie. I didn't do a great job my first two years really watching film and understanding certain coverages. And so the Giants ran this coverage where the corner would blitz. Safety would come over, safety would come over, safety came down, corner went back. So they still were in like a cover two, but they blitzed a corner instead of blitzing like a safety or backer. And I remember my corner blitzing. And in most games, when your corner blitzes, you change your route. Well, the Giants, and this was when the Giants were were pretty good. The Giants would set you up to think like, hey, he blitzed. It's some kind of zone or some kind of man coverage. You're hot. No, the protection would pick it up because it's the same number of rushers. They're still in the cover two shell. And anyway, long story short, I figured it out. And Brian Billick and the, and the receiver coaches all week, they had been like talking to us about this blitz and watch out for this blitz. It's only going to come two to three times a game. So we're watching all this film, getting all. but we, the point was we didn't want to throw an interception. Kyle Bowler was our new young quarterback. We didn't want to get him hit and blindside. Um, and so it happened. I ran the correct route. They throw it to me in the zone hole, blah, blah. We come off the field. And I remember going to Brian Billick, like, coach, I watched that on film. Coach, I saw it. I did. And he's probably his mind. He's like, yeah, good job. But, dude, you should you should know that. Like, that's not special. But for me, it was a special milestone because I had never really deep dived into some of the coverages. I made a lot of mistakes my rookie year with coverage, not understanding man versus zone because the NFL is just different than college. Um and, and I and I kick myself for that. But but I think that's where Kirk is. He's a perfectionist, and he just wants the coaches to know, hey, I did it right. I'm learning it. I'm going to get it right. Just keep feeding me. And that's where we're getting with Kirk Cousins. And I think 
he's going to be just fine. I think he's going to thrive in this offense now because they're going to get him fed all the way up into training camp. And then he's going to be a nice, big, tall senior in high school, ready to come out there after mom and dad and all the coaches have fed him well, gave him all the things he needs to be mentally. Because don't think about, don't forget mental health is huge. You can beat somebody into the ground mentally by just doing little things here and there to, to, to just get under their skins. Just like that's why so many players, you know, Calvin, really, these guys are taking mental health breaks away from football because of the pressure. Well, now you alleviate that pressure. What I've heard was pressure burst pipes. Eventually that pipe's going to burst, whether it's mental, physical, or you just quit. Well, now you alleviate that pressure. Kevin O'Connell came in with a, a, rant, a wrench, screwdriver. He's got a couple new pipes to add to Kirk Cousins so he can alleviate that pressure on Kirk Cousins. I think we're going to get a good quarterback out of this. I think we're going to have a great offense out of this. I think Kevin O'Connell is going to do what needs to be done to make sure Kirk Cousins is good. I got some Kyle Shanahan stuff in there, but we'll we'll save that because Kyle Shanahan, if you look at what Kyle Shanahan did with Matt Ryan and then when he left, what Matt Ryan became after he left. Coach matters. Players are good, but coach matters. We're going to talk to Darius Butler about that one next on the Ron Johnson Show. Stick around. If you enjoy the Ron Johnson Show, you'll enjoy our other daily show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's Superior Sports Talk with Care 11 Sports Director Reggie Wilson and co-host Luke Emmon. Whether it's Twins, Vikings, Wolves, or Wild, Reggie and Luke cover it all with all the breaking news and big opinions. Catch the show five days a week by subscribing to Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcast. So as promised on the Ron Johnson show, we got Darius Butler, cornerback, NFL cornerback, played at UConn as well. But Darius Butler, for those that don't know, I mean, he's on everything DB. Uh, he does the man-to-man pod with Antoine Bethea. We got to get Bethea on the show at some point. Um, but he's been on the Pat McAfee show. I know you've seen it. Sunglasses, tuxedo, draft night. You know, you've seen you've seen him do it all. Like the of the year. He's on ESPN, brother to another. I mean, I've seen him everywhere. But I met Darius Butler getting our NBA at Fordham. Um, great experience. Glad. And hopefully we get to continue since this pandemic yeah. is kind of dying down. Um, but yeah, man. So let's just jump into this. Darius Butler, former NFL guy. He's a coach guy, though. He he does love the coach, Pat McAfee as well. We had Steve Weish on the show a week ago for uh, NFL Network, and we asked him, like, hey, what are some games to watch in the NFL? He threw the Vikings coats out there, one, because of where it hits in the season, but two, you now add Matt Ryan. You have a, a high-flying, you know, offense, a solid offense. You got Jonathan Taylor. You got a defense is getting better. You added Reggie uh, Wayne. You added Car- uh, Cato June to kind of get that old coach mentality back. And yep. now you have Kevin O'Connell. Big-time offensive coordinator from the Rams, now head coach with the Vikings. Kirk Cousins now has somebody that can spoon-feed him and and get him better. Um, In your mind, what do you think about that Colts-Vikings matchup? I mean, I think it would be a good one. Like you said, it would be an an important and a crucial part of the season. Um, I'm personally not as uh, high on our offense just yet as kind of everyone else is. Uh, Definitely very, very high on bringing in a, a guy like Reggie Wayne. Uh, obviously, all of his experience in, in big time games and just a ton of games, played over 200 games in the league, should be a Hall of Famer soon. Uh, I'm, I'm glad we added him to the staff. Obviously, you bring over a veteran like Matt Ryan um, to the staff. But I think, you know, and you know this, uh, when you you got a 37-year-old quarterback, 
We need receivers that that have done this before, not young developing receivers. We need guys that can get the spots, that can win matchups, like the Adam Thielens of the world, that even the Justin Jeffersons who are coming in advance so quickly. Um, we don't have that just yet. We got Michael Pittman on the outside. We just drafted Pierce. Um, hopefully Paris Campbell can stay healthy, but we need like that guy, guy who's been around. Terry McLaurin may be that guy. I hope we get him. Uh, but I am excited uh, about this team as a whole, and it should be a good matchup, man. It should be a very good matchup. Yeah, and looking at the the coach, Kyle Shanahan made Matt Ryan the best quarterback he had ever been. 117 passer rating, one of his best seasons. We know how that kind of went with the Falcons, Super Bowl, all that stuff. But Matt Ryan had one of his best seasons with Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan leaves. Mm-hmm. Matt Ryan slowly declines. Can the coach get back to, to – and, and I guess it is. Kyle Shanahan he controlled the offense. Can Frank Wright get that out of out of him? Can he get that going? Man, we shall see. You know, Carson Wentz was there last year, and I was a little easier on Carson than, than the rest of Indy was. <laughs> um, you know, he had a somewhat of an efficient season, but I just think he just kind of had that never – uh, say die mentality with every play and uh, you know that's tough for a quarterback and I play with Andrew Luck he was the same way uh, Matt Ryan is more of that you know he's going to be a statue in the pocket he's going to know exactly what the defense is giving him and want to get to that back foot on his fifth or his seventh step and let that ball go and uh, have have a guy there to, to catch it and win and uh, hopefully we can get that Frank Wright has had he's had a ton of success in this league obviously I've been on that staff that won a Super Bowl with the Eagles um, and then you have a guy like Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, um, who's, you know, who was the best running back in football last year. Obviously, once Henry went down um, and and he's young and he's only getting better. You got Naeem Hines. Uh, but those other pass catchers on the outside, uh, still some question marks there. But uh, I think Frank Wright, um, like I said, Reggie Wayne will help those guys develop and come along quicker. But I still think we need that uh, big time playmaker on the outside. And let's talk about stigma. There, there's players that create stigmas within this NFL, within the players, the media. So Carson Wentz has a stigma. This is why. <laughs> Matt Ryan last year, 20 and 12, 20 TDs, 12 interceptions, 90.4 passer rating. Carson Wentz, 27 and 7, 94.6. So he was better than Matt Ryan, but the fans were so excited to get rid of Carson Wentz and bring in Matt Ryan. And now let's fast forward and go to Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has been a top four, top five quarterback in some categories. Uh, of course, we know the winning stats. You know, he's 59 and 59 or whatever it is. I, I, but what's the stigma around Kirk Cousins? Because you're a former player yep. and, so, and you're a DB. So yep. w- why does Kirk Cousins have that stigma that he's not a gamer? Mm, well, gamer, that's a big word right there. And as you know, um, as players and as coaches, too, you know, you look at the playoffs, obviously, how guys step up and play in the playoffs. And then the next thing down from the playoffs are the primetime games because yeah. that's when players, that's when your peers are able to sit back and everybody you know as a player, everybody's going to be watching this Sunday night game, this Monday night game, this Thursday night game. And obviously he hasn't had a great record in those games. Um, but if you look at all the numbers, all the metrics, um, he's probably a top 10 guy. And I saw you put your tweet out the other day <laughs> about you can't name top. I, I, can, I can give you about 12 that I would take before him. But I, I definitely think um, – he, he he gets a knock. Uh, I think he's a very good quarterback. I will be happy when this when this job became available. Um, I was on the show with Antoine Bethea, I think before one, maybe I forgot who else left after their job. But when this job became available, I said, hey, this Vikings job is the best job out there. You got Kirk Cousins, who obviously you're going to probably have to do something with his deal. He He's debt for sure top five businessman ever to probably come through this league. 
but uh, I would call him Mr. March. But um, you had Kirk Cousins, obviously you got Dalvin Cook. You got Thielen, you got Jefferson. You still got weapons uh, on the defense side of the ball. We had Harrison Smith join the pod as well. You, um, you know, you went and drafted scene out of Georgia. So you got you got the the bones there to build a division winner. And this was a lot of question marks was around uh, Aaron Rodgers at the time out there in Green Bay, but obviously he resigned and stayed there. Um, so right now they're probably still, you know, will finish second place in that division, in my opinion. But if you look at their roster, top to bottom. Pretty damn good roster uh, going into the season. And like you said, I think you got a pretty damn good quarterback, too, with Kirk Cousins. And so looking at the draft, the Colts, I, you know, I talked to, to Cato June, a friend of mine. Um, Cato June, you know, he said Brian Asamoah, who the Vikings drafted, they were actually looking at him for his size. You know, it's his, he's, he's long. He's six, you know, I think six two, two hundred twenty six 226 pounds, but he runs well, sideline to mm-hmm. sideline. And and that's the key. He's fast. He's explosive. Uh, he's not a you know he's not a Ray Lewis. He's not a banger. Like he's not going to come up in the hole, but he will tackle you. They love his athleticism. Like Cato loved him. The Vikings now have him. They switched their defense from a three four or four three to a three four now. So in that three four defense, what can a guy like Asamoah do at two twenty? You know he'll probably get to two thirty two. You know how that meal plan is now. Yeah, he'll probably get to yeah. two thirty two, two thirty five. Uh, that weight room plan is a lot different than the NFL. That food's a lot better. You got money. You can eat all the time. Uh, what is this kid? What can he possibly do in a three-four defense that people haven't seen? Uh, well, I've I've been a part of a team going from a four-three traditional four-three. Uh, when we when I first got to the Colts, we had Chuck Pagano come over from the Ravens, and they brought that four at three-four. And um, you got those two guys in the middle, those two backers in the middle. We had Jarrell Freeman. He was a, a smaller but fast. And as long as you can run and get sideline to sideline be able to get around blocks, not necessarily, like you said, a Ray Lewis who could just take on a block right down the middle of the face mask, but be able to get around blocks and make plays and stay on the field on third downs. You know, as a, as a linebacker, that's what you need in today's NFL. It's not, you know, kind of like the, I guess, the NFL we played in where you had two down linebackers. And, and, you know, right now everybody's coming out in three receiver sets, you know, 60-plus percent of the time. So you need a linebacker that can stay on the field that can match up with tight ends, match up with running backs in open space and make tackles. And he looks like a guy um, that can do that. Obviously, with any young player in the league, it's going to it's gonna be uh, very dependent on that room. And he's he's around a lot of solid vets, Smith, Kendricks, a lot of guys who played a ton of Peterson, who's played a ton of high-level uh, football, high-IQ football in this league. So I think uh, that bodes well for him. So I think he'll fit in good uh, with this uh, defense, and uh, it'll be a competitive division. Yeah, and, and DB, you're a cornerback. And so mm-hmm. I grew up, you know, watching a cornerback and my dad, uh, yep. Mel Blunt, all these guys. So I've always talked to him about corners. And so as I started watching, you know, Darius Butler film, because, you know, guys that I know and I meet and, I, you know, we were in class, we kind of got close, cool. I, I want to know, and I'm like, man, DB was a baller. Like, dude kept his nose around the ball. So when you're looking at top 10 cornerbacks in the NFL, uh, who are some names that pop up for you right now that are current top 10 cornerbacks? It's so, it's so many, man. It's really hard to make a list. Sometimes with receivers, you know, you kind of got your top two or three who just yeah. separate themselves. The Jair Alexanders, Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard, um, you know, those type of guys. But J.C. Jackson, he's always around the ball. He's a smart player, obviously been in that New England system. Um Denzel Ward, I love Denzel Ward. You think about the young guys, Patrick Sertain, he came in and you probably played in the league with his pops. Yeah. But he yeah. he 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 came in and he looked like he was raised by Pat Sertain senior. Yeah. Uh he, he was polished and, and and once again around a lot of good pros. 
know, you had Simmons out there. You had Kareem Jackson at uh, backfield with them. Kenny Moore is kind of a, a underrated corner who plays on the outside, played on the inside uh, for the Colts. Um, who else is out there? It's, it's so many, um, so many good players, man. Um, even, even awesome. Gilmore, Gilmore, yeah, Gilmore's okay. still up there. I think Gilmore when he because he was never fully healthy last year. He got back with the with the um, Panthers later on in the season. Still played real good ball. So I think with the full all season to get his body right, uh, being with that coach uh, medical staff, I think he'll be flying around with that defense they'll have out in Indy. Uh, but it's a lot of guys, man. I can um, keep going down the list. But uh, so I'll say this: Patrick Peterson used to always be one of the top three DBs in the league. Mm-hmm. In his age right now. Uh, where does he fall, and then what what does he offer to the to the cornerbacks on the Vikings team? Uh, you know, like just Pat Peter Pat special. He he came into the league, and I think his first eight years he was a Pro Bowler out of yeah. the gate, eight eight for eight, which I don't think I think like Barry Sanders did that, and maybe two other people ever. Um, so he was very very special. Obviously, extremely gifted, um, athletically, and even at this age now, he's still you know, one of the more uh, gifted, athletically talented corners in the league right now. But obviously he's not at that same level, but he's smart. He, he knows how to play ball. And he's at the point in his career where now his surrounding cast matters more. You know, five, six years ago, 21 was good anywhere. Do, you know, do whatever you want. Now, seven, you want him around some some good young talent, some good old talent, but surrounded by good players. So you keep piecing together that secondary, which they have this offseason. Um, he can definitely still be a big piece of that secondary. But I wouldn't want he's not in the point in his career where he's the guy you you want as the cornerstone of your secondary. But he's definitely still good enough, still plays a, a level of ball if he stays healthy. Uh, where he can be a, a high performer. So I'm looking forward to this year for uh, for Pat P and, and the Vikings. But, you know, he's, you know, age, father time gets us all, except for, <laughs> for Brady right now. He's the only person. So father time is, you know, 17 million and one right now. So, uh, but I think Pat P is still playing some good ball. And this is where I'll leave you, man. Last one. Uh, when the NFL MVP conversation comes up, I know Jonathan Taylor, if he has another, you know, 2000 some yard season, he's going to be up in there. Uh, there's usually 10 players that the voters kind of get to look at. Mm. Kyle Brandt from the NFL Network said that Kirk Cousins is his dark horse MVP candidate. So meaning he thinks he should be in that 10 to 7 range of, of potential uh, voting as it goes. And he has a chance to win it if Kevin O'Connell can get him going. Uh, do you think that's outlandish? Or do you think that has a chance of happening if Kirk Cousins can throw for 4,800 to 5,000 yards a season and the Vikings go deep in the playoffs? Oh, no, no, not not outlandish at all, especially if those things happen. And and like we talked about, you have the pieces there. Now you got a young, um, you know, first-year head coach. Shout out to Kevin O'Connell, my former teammate out in New England. But uh, you got a first-year head coach, so he's going to have his growing pains. But he's coming from a – Sean McVay, who is one of the best young coaches, you know, in this league. So, and Kirk Cousins, like I said, he's been in this league a long time. He's shown that he's talented, and he's surrounded by other great talent. Uh, Dalvin Cook, I just saw him the other day. He looks, he looks like a new man uh, coming out there with the Vikings right now. So, not outlandish at all. Man. Another dark horse, or, or I don't even know if he'll be a dark horse. Derek Carr, you know, yeah. out there in Las Vegas with his surrounding cage. You look at these quarterbacks and the weapons that they have around them. Joe Burrow. Uh, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, um, all these guys have, you know, a stable of weapons around them. So they're, they're set up um, to succeed. So Kirk Cousins, uh, by no means, uh, should be, uh, I don't, he, 
you look on paper, he should be set up for uh, for great success. So, nah, not that's not crazy at all. And last one, we're like, I just let you go. I lied. Always, you know, just like it's cold. <laughs> you got you got 10 sprints, but hey, you got one more. Yeah, hey, Kevin O'Connell, you said something I want to get you to talk about. Kevin O'Connell, real quick, as a player, what kind of player was he? Man, he he po energy, positive attitude. And obviously, you know, he was a, he was a backup quarterback, you know, got drafted late uh, behind Brady. Mm -hmm. Um, so you know, you see a lot of these backup quarterbacks going and, and do great things in the coach ranks because they're used to being like, you know, team guys and, yep. and still playing their role, being pivotal in practice, being able to, to connect with the rest of um, the roster. They're out there, you know, during the week playing with scout teams and backups and everything like that. Guys that are playing special teams so they can connect with. I play with Jacoby Brissett, play with uh, Matt Hasselback, yep. these wall, Derek Anderson, all just great uh, personalities. So I think uh, Kevin O'Connor, he's going to bring that positive that upbeat attitude, and then he's going to demand greatness as well. You know, being around Bill Belichick, being around Sean McVay, two, you know, one of the greatest OG head coaches, and then you got the young guy who has a lot of new wrinkles um, to the game. So he's been around it all. He's seen a lot. Um, so I'm excited for him getting his first opportunity. And then you got a new GM as well. So, you know, the, the GM will probably let him do his thing on that football side and just handle his business, you know, upstairs. So I'm excited for Kevin in this opportunity. Like I said, I thought this was probably the best uh, job opening and there were like seven, eight that were available. I think this Vikings one was the best um, because they're they're ready to succeed right now. Well, I want to thank Darius Bella for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. Up next, we got the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Stay tuned. Do you want instant post-game reaction from insiders that cover your favorite sports teams? Well, check out our Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Following every Twins, Vikings, Wild, or Wolves game, our Locked On team hosts are broadcasting live with insiders like Kevin Gord for the Wild and Brandon Warren for the Twins. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel. And please make sure you download and subscribe on wherever you get your platform, iTunes, Spotify, whatever it is, download it and take us with you wherever you go. Well, it's that time of the show. Up next, we got the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes. Take it away, Sam. Twins win again last night, a 2 nothing win. Great stat, by the way, on the TV broadcast. The Twins have now won six times this year where they've scored two or less, which tells you that they are pitching out of their mind. However, Ron, my question is actually more a little on the negative side. So Byron Buxton has been a big topic of conversation on this show on the load management plan. And since the Twins announced that plan, Buxton has struggled mightily. He's 2 of 28. His batting average is creeping down toward 200. So, Ron, should the Twins have just put him on the injured list when they found out he was hurt? Are they doing him a disservice now by actually playing him as much as they are? Um, The fact that they're winning, I struggle with that one. Because maybe if he is out, there's a, a mental downtick in the team. Um, I look at Steph Curry. And you look at when he was hurt and he was the sixth man. And people were saying, oh, you know, are they rushing Steph Curry back too soon? Should he just relax? They're in the playoffs. Um, no matter if they get the five, the four, the three seed, they'll be fine. Um, I think they took the best path, the, the path of least resistance. Um, originally people didn't want that five seed because they didn't want to have to go to the Suns. Um, or, you know, with the four seed, they didn't want to have to go play the one seed. Well, the Mavs did everybody a favor and Steph Curry 
you know, he's been able to work back in. And so it worked the way Steve Kerr did it, had him work in and now look at him. He's killing it. He's getting Luca pissed off about everything he's doing. So when I look at Byron Buxton, I treat it like that. I look at the, 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 the exciting, the defensive, you know, juggernaut, um, that two runs stat it's pitching, but it's fielding as well. Because we know if guys aren't mentally dialed in, there could be bobble balls, balls thrown a little bit late, guys not in the right position, fielders not really taking the right angle to fly balls, uh, guys losing it in the lights, not really being prepared for some of these, you know, the, the, the fly balls, not calling your teammate off, not not throwing to the right guy, chasing the guy in the rundown and, and throwing it to the wrong base. I mean, there's so much that can go wrong in baseball when you're not mentally into it. And so I think Byron Buxton adds that mental, like, man, we can get this done. We got Buxton and Correa. That's because that's what everybody keeps talking about. Buxton and Correa. That was kind of how the season started. They were bombing balls at, at training camp. And then when he gets hurt, it's like, well, how do we how do we keep this momentum going? And I think that's what they're trying to do. Um, I think they feel like they have enough where if he's struggling the way he is, he'll find his way out. He's a pro. Um, maybe he struggles for 10 more games. But he'll he'll rest up as he's struggling. He won't be like cold because what you don't want is him coming back cold, turkey fully healthy. But then he gets hurt again because then we're going to be like, well, he hasn't been out there, and now they're asking him to go out there and sprint full speed, and he pulls his hamstring. So I think there's something to that too of trying to really see like how can he work through this injury. Clearly, they've asked him if you're hurt or you're injured, and we know the answer. He's out there playing. So no, I mean the way they're winning. I'd say just you can't you can't look back when you're when you're on the record you have right now and you're leading the AL Central. Yeah, and he did make a great play defensively last night in center field. So you're right, he does have that impact. And if he can even even if he gets on the base paths with a fielder's choice, which doesn't count as a hit, but if he's on the base paths with his speed, he's still a weapon. So yeah. there is plenty of value there, and the stats would back that up. I've got a football question for you: Is it the end of an era? Is it the end of the Pro Bowl as we know it? Roger Goodell saying that he and the owners have talked about the Pro Bowl game and, and completely altering the way that week goes. Basically coming to the conclusion that the game is not really that valuable. Nobody tackles. Nobody tries. People drop out of it because they don't want to play. Uh, it's lost all of its meaning. So they're coming up with alternatives to celebrate the players. Ron, uh, how would you feel about the NFL terminating the Pro Bowl? Uh, I don't think they're going to terminate. They're going to have the Pro Bowl, but they're going to have, like you said, they're going to just have maybe skill stuff only. Um, I think what ends up happening when it becomes just skill stuff, you're still going to get the party atmosphere. You're still going to get people to want to travel. You're, I'd say if they open up the media availability to these players down there as well, allow outside media fans to maybe interact a little bit more. We, we've gone through COVID the last two years, so the fans haven't had the same uh interactions at the pro bowls that they used to where used to be like the autograph signings fans were allowed at all the practices for the last two years it was kind of a weird uh you know how do we handle this it doesn't really matter if they get COVID in the pro bowl season's over but also you know health wise we don't want to just expose the players to this and, and and be liable um i i do see it going more to a skills thing a more tv generated because like the nba all-star game People don't really watch the All-Star game as much as they used to. They watch the skill stuff. They want to see the three-point contest, the dunk contest. Um, they they want to see the, the 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 stars, the rookies, whatever, shining stars versus whatever, sophomores versus rookies, uh, the USA versus the international. Those those things are cool. I think the NFL is going to, you know, I think it's, it's a monkey see, monkey do type of world when it comes to sports. Uh, just like when the NHL did the whole follow the puck with the line, and they were trying that because they had seen that before. Um, 
I think they're going to find something. I, I know Madden wants to be involved big time. You saw that with the Madden Challenge where Justin Jefferson and all those young guys played each other, uh, had like a Madden Challenge. Uh, you see the skills challenge with quarterbacks. You see the receivers doing skill challenges. You see the players and, and quarterbacks doing like the dunk contest style, throw the ball up in the air, let the receiver do something crazy. Let's score them with that catch. Um, I think you're going to see more of that. As far as the game itself, yeah, like the fact that it's two-hand touch now even, like running back runs through, as long as you have him in your grasp, he's good. Quarterbacks are breaking free. Mac Jones broke free, but then they blew the whistle because you can't touch the quarterback. It's 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 like a glorified practice. Um, and, and to put that on TV and waste our time with that, like all the – and that's where Roger Goodell and the owners know. All the big-time, you know, NFL analysts, you know, Booger McFarlane, all these guys, Marcus Spears, they're all tweeting like, man, what is this? Like, what is this crap? Like, I, I remember I remember playing with Sean Taylor and going to the Pro Bowl because Ed Reed went and Sean Taylor decapitating a punter. Um, I've seen yeah. – now, again, guy, that was the only time that happened. Other than that, it wasn't big hits, but there were true tackles. There were guys really trying to run and play defense and 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 run on ones. Guys weren't trying to hurt each other. Uh, but the, the the Super Bowl guys were there because it was after the Super Bowl. Now with it being before, you're losing the Super Bowl guys, and I think that's the key. As guys pull out, you get less guys, you know, superstars per se, and yeah, it's losing its luster. So I I, I think they're going to come up with an NBA style format to try to help it out a little bit more. Yeah, I think they should have the starting quarterbacks do a schoolyard pick of six position player skill players have a seven on seven um you know just sort of passing game then i would have dudes doing stuff they don't usually do so have the offensive linemen kicking field goals have the the defensive backs trying to throw the ball i would mix it up and get crazy with it um because i think that'd be super compelling and fun. i'd say they add they need to have flags though i'd say just make it flag football if you make it flag mm -hmm. football, put the protective little helmets on. I think that because then guys still can run full speed. There's still some action to it. Flag football, I've seen it at the U.S. Bank Stadium. It's exciting when guys really are serious about it. I think that might be the route because then flag football, you can have offensive linemen playing receiver, running back. I like that thought. I like where you're going with that. So I think, yeah, I think they could do that. All right. Minnesota Timberwolves have made a big hire. Tim Connolly, the new president of basketball operations, five years, $40 million. They poached him from the Denver Nuggets. And apparently Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez had a big role in the negotiations. So, Ron, I ask you, is this new ownership group changing the culture in the Minnesota Timberwolves where they are actually maybe going to become a place where top executives, maybe even top players want to go to? Uh, Yeah, I think so. I think Alex Rodriguez adds a name. Uh, to it that people recognize uh, when, when you're when your phone rings and if you have a rod saved or if you don't you see that number pop up my guess is he has probably a New York number um, or LA number or something like that some fancy uh, but it pops up and you know or you just see a Timberwolves because you know even if you don't have it saved the Vikings call you it says Vikings on your phone I don't know how Verizon does that uh, but you know if they call on the Timberwolves or on your phone you're going to answer what is that Alex Rodriguez calling Oh, what, what's going on, A-Rod? You know, hey, let's come have dinner with me, man. Can you get J-Lo? No, she's with Ben, but hey, just still come. I, I got something else. Um, that That's that's where I think, yeah, I, I think it becomes, because free agents is about whining and dining, trying to explain to them, whether it's players or or front office guys, explaining to them the, the, the allure of Minnesota, the Lake Minnetonkas, the golf courses, the country clubs, um, all the stuff you're going to experience here, and then the organization. What are we going to do? How much money are we going to spend? What what can we add to this franchise? What can we do at the Target Center to make it better? What can we do at their practice facility, their locker rooms? Um, 
you know, we have money to spend. We're willing to do this. I mean, there's there's a lot going on when you look at Mark Laurie trying to get connected to the fans, being at the games, you know, getting the shoe off thing with all the fans. Um, I, I think they're, you know, and then you got one of the most exciting players. I saw the the Netflix movies coming out now with Adam Sandler. He's in it. Anthony Edwards is in it. Hustle. Um, so now you got one of the new exciting players who's kind of becoming a face, uh, early face. Not really. You got to see if he can sustain where he's at. But kind of an early, exciting face to this league where years pass, it's like, oh, should we have gotten LaMelo? Ah, oh, did this backfire? No, you got the right pick, man. Anthony Edwards is that guy. LaMelo was good. He's definitely good. He was one of the top rookies, passing, shooting, doing exciting. But they needed a guy like Anthony Edwards, a bulldog, like a guy that, hey, Jimmy Butler, you say something, I got something to say back. You do something to me, I'm going to dunk on your player. Like, they got a guy, you know. Now he just has to – overcome some of the bad shot stuff but they got a guy and so now it's like who can we add to this puzzle what free agents want to come here and play with cat and um anthony edwards i think that's a great move and yes i think they're changing the culture of that mindset of glenn taylor kind of sometimes being cheap uh, not being able to get top execs uh keeping kg out of the facility once that once that final signature is done in that ink's dry i think kg's coming right back i think he'll be back on the bench uh, or some some fast he'll be right next to mark laurie maybe every game but but I think that's the next step, too, in that culture, getting KG back to embrace Minneapolis. Yeah, the Timberwolves have never been on the map as much as they are right now, maybe since the end of the KG era. Yeah. And not only are they a place that people want to come to, but they're a place where people want to stay. So yeah. you got a good player like Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards. I think the Timberwolves are now more appealing for those guys to stick around instead of maybe wanting to get out, which is just as important to retain your talent when you're in a place like Minnesota. Yeah, I agree. Well, that'll do it for the Ron Johnson Show. I want to thank you guys for joining me. Please go back and listen to that Darius Butler interview. It was awesome. Great guy. Love him. A little bit bullish on the coats, of course. We know he's a coat. Um, also, Daily 3. And then Kirk Cousins. Go check out that first segment. Make sure you download, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast. Please, subscribe, download, wherever you get your podcast. And also, you subscribe on YouTube. Take us wherever you want. Search Locked On Sports Minnesota. And you can find the Ron Johnson Show. Well, that'll do it for today. Thank you for listening. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.